I just want to say thank you for the privilege and the honor to, um, to Pastor Sujif for letting me to share the word today. It's an honor to be here. It's so good to be here, isn't it? Who's glad to be here this morning? Yeah, it's so great. I was just in that time of worship, I was thinking, wow, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. And um, in that words, uh, we sang the words, um, set a fire. And another part of that song that says, there's no place I'd rather be. And there's no place that I'd rather be than in God's presence. What about you? Amen. Um, so if I could have my slides up, that would be great. Thank you. Okay. So the title of today's preach is, God has got you covered. And before I'm going to take you through this preach, I'm just going to pray for us. So if you just join me in prayer. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. We thank you that your word comes alive every time we read it, Lord. So whether this is the first time we've encountered this story or whether this is the hundredth time we've counted this story, we know you're going to do something new because you're a God that does something new every single time we meet with you. You're not the God of the old, you're the God of the new, Lord. So, Father, would you just split this word and let it touch every heart that's in here, Lord. Let it minister to every person, Lord. You know where our hearts are at, Lord, that we will hear from you today and we honour you in what you're going to say. Amen. When I grew up, I used to play this game called um, Snakes and Ladders. Who knows this game? Yes. Okay, I know. Now we're in the Netflix generation, aren't we? And uh, got all these uh, video games. But I grew up playing things like Snakes and Ladders. And for those of you who have never seen this game before, basically it's just a board game. And in this board game, you roll a dice, you take turns to roll a dice. And when you land on a particular square... Um, You might land on a ladder, which will allow you to accelerate forward. Or you might have the unfortunate thing of landing on a snake, and the snake will bring you back squares. And I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking, when I became a Christian, I don't know why, but I thought maybe life was going to be all ladders. Who who believed that? (laughs) And who knows that's not true? (laughs) Sometimes we're going to hit a few snakes. Sometimes it's going to feel like we're going to get set back a few spaces. But like this game I used to absolutely love, because you get to a point where sometimes you'd hit a snake and then suddenly you just fall on the right square. And at that right square, you suddenly get that really long ladder. Do you remember that really long ladder that took you right near to the finish line? And you'd laugh at the person in front of you because you go, oh, see, I might have had a snake before, but this is my ladder. And I'm going to um, prophesy that over us today, that we're going to have ladders in this season. So my preach is going to talk about what happens when things don't go to plan. What happens when you hit on a few snakes? What happens when people let you down? What happens when things just don't go to plan? So we're going to look at the story of Joseph today. So if I could have the next slide, that'd be great. Thank you. So this is from Genesis 37, verses 3 to 8. And it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and made him an ornate robe for him. So um, those of you who might not know, Israel is another name for Jacob. So Jacob was um, called Israel by God. So he had many sons, and one of them was Joseph. And he loved Joseph so much that he made a special tunic for him of many colours or an ornate robe as it's described here. 
So verse 4, when his brothers saw that their fathers loved him more than any of them, they hated him and they could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out of the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him even more because of the dream of what he had said. How many times have you had a dream and you shared that dream with someone else and they've laughed at you? And maybe they've been jealous, just like Joseph's brothers, or they didn't think it was possible. But Joseph heard from God and he spoke in confidence. So this continues story. So... When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? So at this point, Jacob or Israel has sent um, Joseph to go and look for his brothers because he knew they were tending to his flock. And he went out to Shechem to find his brothers. He said, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found, near, found them near Dotham. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Wow, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine this? You have your brothers, you think your brothers are for you, you think these are the ones that you've grown up with, and you can trust them. And being a younger sibling, you can want to follow your older siblings around. You go, I want to be around them. So he's run out looking for his siblings. And meanwhile, they're sitting there planning to kill him. And they say this, here comes that dreamer, mocking him. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him one of the cisterns. A cistern is maybe like a well or a pit. It's a place to store water. And And say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue from their hands. Let's take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Verse 25. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay hands off on him. After all, he is her brother, her own flesh and her blood. His brothers agreed. So the Midnight's merchants came by. His brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Next slide. So when Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes he went back to his brothers and the boy said to him, um, then sorry, he went back to his brother and said, the boy isn't there, where can I turn now? When they got Joseph's robes, they slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and says, 
We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. So at this point, they've put him into a well, put him into a cistern. Um, they have now then just thought, well, if we're going to profit, we might as well make some money out of this rather than just trying to kill this guy. <laughs> Let's make some money. I mean, how wicked is that? Um, so they decide to sell him into slavery. And then they then bring um, his coat back, dip it in blood, and say that this boy is dead to his father. And um, Israel, or Jacob, examines the robe because he recognises this is the robe of his son. Because remember, your clothing defines who you are. And um, he recognised it and he said, that's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured it. Joseph has been torn to pieces. If you could put the next slide. So what happens here? Joseph was stripped from his security. So imagine this. You are just living life. You're thinking, I'm under the favor of my dad. I've got this beautiful robe. I'm just loving being under this blessing and this season of um, fruitfulness. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself, first of all, in a well. And then you find yourself sold as a slave by the people that you trusted the most. So what happens when God strips you from your security? Who's experienced that before? You're in life and you think to yourself, everything's going well, and all of a sudden you become stripped of your health. You become stripped of your financial situation. You lose your job. Maybe you're someone today that's lost hope. You've lost dreams. You've been stripped of certain relationships, and it's just scared you. What happens when you become stripped? Well, imagine this. You become exposed. You become naked. You become vulnerable. There's seasons in our life where God just strips us of certain securities and he wants us to just fall into him. Maybe you're coming like today, um, like Joseph, and you've had people that have wronged you in your life, the ones that you trusted the most, and you're carrying around unforgiveness today. And it's so easy to sit in that pit. It's so easy to sit in that pit when you're, when you're carrying unforgiveness, to stay in that system, to stay there and think to myself, in, in self-pity and think to yourself, I don't know what I'm going to do now. So anyone that feels that they're in that pit today, I'm going to prophesy over that you that God is faithful and he's going to bring you out. He's not, that is not the end of the story That is the beginning of the story. So while you're in that pit, God will find you and he's going to reposition you like he does in this story with Joseph. He's going to reposition. But first he's got to do the stripping before he can do the clothing. Did you notice that his brothers said that they wanted to bring a death to his dreams, not a death necessarily to Joseph? So let's see what will happen to his dreams. Let's see what will happen to his dreams. And someone's, there's an enemy out there today who's going, well, let's see what will happen to your dreams. Because actually, that he doesn't want you dead. He wants your dreams dead. He wants your hope dead. So if you stay in that pit, your hope, your dreams are going to be put to death. 
But our God is more faithful than that. Because long as you're still living, and Joseph was not killed on that day, long as you're still living, that dream is still alive. So whatever the dream is today that you put aside, the dream is still alive. And God can still use that dream. They try to strip you of your dreams. They try to leave you for dead. They try to tarnish you. But the truth is that God is faithful. And the truth is that he is going to bring that dream to pass because you are still alive. You are still breathing. If you're grateful that you're still breathing, then you just praise God with me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to continue the story. So we're going to look at Genesis 39, 1 to 3. So remember I was saying about that snakes and ladders. I think Joseph really experienced this. You know, he went through ups, he went through downs. So the next season maybe wasn't up for him. So now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. So remember he was sold as a slave, so he ends up in Egypt. So God's plan was to reposition him in that place. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken them there. Sometimes God has got to isolate you to reposition you. If you're in an isolated season, maybe God is positioning you. That friendship you once had that's no longer there, God is repositioning you. That job you're no longer in, you think, why did I leave that job? Why has that not worked for me? Why do people hate me at this job? God is repositioning you. Everything he's doing, he's repositioning you because he needs you in that place for your next season. Verse 2, the Lord was with God so that, sorry, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything. So though the season has changed, God still remains. Some of us were still chasing the favour of man that we don't realise we're under the favour of God. Do you know that you're under the favour of God today? That wherever you are, whether you're in that well, whether you're being sold into slavery, wherever you're in um, a place of authority, you have the favour of God on your life. Receive the favour of God on your life. No more chasing man's favour. Thank you, Jesus. So Potiphar left everything that he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except for the food he ate. So Joseph is now growing um, in his role in Egypt with Potiphar. So you think things are going well? If you know the story, you know that there's another snake coming along. So let's continue. So now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and he spent a while in his master's he spent, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted with me in my, to my care. So Joseph is in, um, knows the authority that he stands in, but he knows that he's not allowed to touch his master's wife. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. 
One day he went into the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants were, was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said to him, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. So again, Joseph's clothes have got him into trouble, haven't they? So I think he really needs to consider what he's wearing. Verse 13. When she saw that he had left the cloak in her hand and run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, he said, she said to him, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make a sport of us. He came here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until the master came home. Then she told his story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make a sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When the master heard the story, his wife told him, he's saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison and the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So what's happened now, he's now in a place where he's working for Potiphar. He's got a lot of authority, but the one thing he's not allowed to do is touch his wife. And the wife then seduces him and tries to persuade him, and then he doesn't submit to that persuasion, but somehow he still gets blamed for it. How fair is that? So Joseph, number two, Joseph was stripped of his reputation. Have you ever been in a situation that wasn't your fault and yet you got blamed for it? I remember when I was a child, like being the oldest child, it'd be like I'd get in trouble all the time. It's like if someone else did something, um, my sister was reminding me the other day about how um, sometimes I would, we would go out somewhere and then I'd always get the blame for it because they were saying, oh, well, you should have made sure she was home early. You should have made sure that she did this. And I thought, well, it's not my fault, is it? (laughs) She chose to come home at that time. But sometimes you get blamed for things that are not your fault. God wants you to surrender your reputation to him. He's testing your character. Are you prepared to lose this reputation that you have? Are you prepared to be misunderstood sometimes? Because God wants us to surrender to him. When I was uh, younger, I was working in a supermarket. I won't say the name of the supermarket, just in case. Uh, And um, what had happened is I was working there for a number of years, and um, I I committed my life back to God at this season. And I found it really hard to go to church because I always got put on a Sunday rota. And I was like, Lord, you have to do something about this. I just can't keep, um, you know, going back to work every Sunday. Anyway, God does things that we don't always expect him to do it the way we want. Um, what happened is I was um, in a, I had a till and one day there was three, 300 pounds that went missing from my till. Um, and then all of a sudden they started bag searching me, asking me where this money was. And I said, well, you've known me for years. I've worked here for seven years. Do you really think I'm going to steal this money out of the till? And they were saying, well, you know, it's not there. So... Maybe you have taken it. Anyway, what happened is I ended up losing my job. 
So I got wrongly accused, and I was so angry about that for so long. I was like, you know, I did the right thing, and yet still I got blamed. I was so angry. But God didn't want me there because he wanted me to be able to attend church on Sunday. And sometimes we have to surrender our reputation. We have to surrender um, and sometimes be wrongly accused. We have to sometimes have a misinterpretation. We will be misrepresented in this world because God wants to represent us instead. So the rejection leads to redirection. So a new opportunity comes. Next slide, yeah. So um, if you're following the story so far, um, so Pharaoh, so there's this point that um, Joseph ends up in prison. He meets two people in prisons. One is a cupbearer for the Pharaoh, and the other one is his baker. And Joseph, while he's in prison, he um, has this gift of interpretation, and he's given these dreams by these two individuals. So that he then interprets the dreams, and the dream says that basically uh, the cheap cupbearer will be restored to his role with Pharaoh. So these dreams come to pass. He ends up going into um, he ends up being restored, the chief cupbearer, which is kind of like a butler, I suppose. And what happens when he comes out? He ends up forgetting him. So it's like, oh come on, you know, my brothers have now deceived me. I've been stripped of um, my security. My reputation has been affected. People think that I've, um, you know, been an adulterer. They think that I've abused my master's power. And now I've now helped someone else and they don't even remember me when they've left prison. Life can be unfair sometimes. So one day Pharaoh has a dream and he's so bothered by this dream that he sends for magicians, he sends for wise men, he sends for all people across the land. And the dreams are about seven fat cows and seven skinny cows and seven grains of healthy heads of grain and seven thin heads of grain. And he's so bothered by this and he asks for people to come and um, speak to this dream about this dream then all of a sudden the cupbearer remembers and God is remembering us today he remembers you know someone there's someone in your past that they're going to just remember oh I remember that day that person sat with me for hours and they prayed with me and they're going to call on you because someone is speaking on your behalf today whether you believe it he is speaking on your behalf So then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew boy, so this is talking about Joseph, a servant of the captain of the guard, we told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. They were killed. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he quickly brought him from the dungeon, and he had him shaved and changed his clothes. Notice that he changed his clothes again. I mean, he has a lot of wardrobe changes, doesn't he? So God is going to bring you into a place where he wants to change your clothes as well. 
So he was remembered by this person and you will be remembered. So Joseph then comes, interprets the dream. Um, I'm summarising this. Please do go through Genesis and read it because I know it's quite a lengthy story. Um, And he interprets this dream as having seven years of harvest in Egypt and then they're going to have seven years of famine. And he gives some wisdom to Pharaoh. Who Remember, Pharaoh is the most significant, most powerful person at this time in this land. And he says to them, well, you need to start saving up one-fifth of your harvest because the famine is coming. So verse 37. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man, one who's in the spirit of God? You know what? Whatever you're wearing, you're in the spirit of God. And people are going to see that. So whether you're wearing the stripped clothes today, whether you're wearing the clothes that you've been misrepresented, you are under the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God shines brighter than anything else that you're wearing. Because that is our identity, isn't it? And I believe and I prophesy that God is going to present you to people. He's going to present you under the Spirit of God. And you know what? People, he sent, Pharaoh sent for magicians He's sent for wise men, but no one has wisdom like our God, does he? And we represent that wisdom. So people are going to come to you. They're going to ask you, you know, why do you believe that? Why do you say that? They're going to seek your wisdom out because the spirit of God is in you. We are the answer to a whole nation. We have the spirit of God in us. God will present you from a season where you've been shamed, where you've been misrepresented. God's going to present you in front of people and he's going to say, this is my child, this is a wisdom, this is me dwelling inside of this person. The spirit of God dwells inside of you and the spirit that you feel right now is the one that is going to elevate you into new positions. It's going to position you into a new place that you've not been to before. So amazingly... God changes Joseph's position again. There's every new season. And he puts him in charge of Egypt. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring, his ring that belongs to Pharaoh, and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine robes of fine linen. And he put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put them in charge of the whole land of Egypt. God is clothing you in a new authority today. Who receives that word? Receive that word. God is clothing you in the new authority. We sang that today, didn't we? I have the authority. Do you believe it? Do you see it? Notice that um, Pharaoh doesn't go and ask for references, you know, at a job. Sometimes, they, you know, if I was still working at Iceland, I was a bit worried about putting that one down for a reference. Um, I forgot to say the second part of the story is they found out later on that the person who um, was stealing the money still worked for them. Uh, they didn't come and apologize to me, but that's fine because that wasn't God's plan. Um, but God is, he didn't come looking for reference. So he didn't ask him, okay, well, you know, this person worked for you. What were they like when they worked for you? Actually, they've been in prison. Should I really be putting them in second command? 
But actually, someone spoke into his life. So it was that cupbearer who was once a prisoner themselves as well. It was a prisoner that gave reference to Joseph saying, this man is wise, his God is with him. So it doesn't matter your history. If you've been in certain prisons, if you've been um, in dark places, if you think, oh, God's never going to use me because I've sinned so much. God is putting his signet ring on you today. He's clothing you in fine linen today. He doesn't want you in the well, in the pit anymore. He's going to put you on the chariot. You're going to ride in that chariot. People are going to be seeing you and think, wow, God is good. Do you know when people look at you, people are saying, God is good. God is giving you a new authority. So what are you clothed in today? That's my question today. What are you clothed in? Are you clothed in the tatters of the stripping that came in the past? Are you still heavy for that? Are you still heavy in the unforgiveness of someone that let you down? Are you wearing the heavy robes that are being being misrepresented, being lied to, being deceived? Are you clothed in the strength of God? God is going to give us a garment of praise today. I believe that. It's going to remove the heaviness from previous garments. I speak into this place a new wardrobe. Your new wardrobe is coming. Because when you wear new clothes, you feel different. People look at you different. You walk with your head held high because you feel confident. And God has given you confidence knowing that you have been clothed by him. He is covering you today. He's covering you in his presence. He is covering you in his presence. People are going to see your authority and they're going to go, wow, God is good. So I'm just going to end with Psalm 105, 17 to 18. So this psalm is talking about Joseph and it says, And he sent a man before him, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles and his neck was put in irons. So when Joseph was a slave, he had this neck, iron collar around his neck. And I can imagine as he's walking as a slave, he can't lift his head because this collar restricts him. He can't see what's coming forward. He can't see that one day he's going to be the second most powerful person in this land, in Egypt. Um, Egypt. What does God replace that with? He doesn't put that iron collar. He replaces it with a gold chain. It's time to lift up our heads. It's time to receive that gold chain. If you're someone today that's still feeling the shackles of the past, is still being restricted, is feeling that tattered, blooded gown on them, oh, I can't move forward. I'm still wounded from what happened. They let me down. They told me I was going to do this. They didn't believe the dreams that I had. God is going to lift your head. Amen. God is going to place a gold chain on your neck. Thank you, Lord. What does a gold chain represent? It represents beauty. It represents wealth. It represents authority. God sees you as beautiful. In a minute, I'm going to invite Pastor Sujiv to come in and uh, to pray for us and to declare things. But just take some time just to reflect 
What is it that you're clothed in today? What are you carrying on to? What have you got to let go of? Are you ready to receive that new authority? Because God's taking us into something new. He is repositioning you. And I believe we're going to receive a garment of praise today. Against the spirit of heaviness. We're going to choose to praise today. And it's going to release. I just release off garments of heaviness right now. A release of the spirit of shame. A release this, uh, off. We take off all spirits of shame. All spirits of disappointment when the dream didn't come to pass. Father, we tear off. We thank you for the stripping, Lord. We tear off anything that doesn't put us in the position that you want us to be. Strip us of anything that's not going to put us into the place that we need to be. We speak your authority. We speak your garment of praise over us today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the clothing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your covering. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when the snakes come, the ladders are going to come again as well. But you know our position, just like on that board. You know our position. You know where we're meant to be. And God is saying today, he knows where you are. But that might not be where you stay.